If you think about it, our lives are made up of a series of changes that make up who we are. We change from baby to toddler, toddler to child, child to adolescent, and so on. But we also change through experience. We change our views and opinions, our friendships, our homes, and those are only a select few. I will give you a couple of examples of changes that have happened in my life. This first picture is me when I was about two. As you can see, I've got light blonde hair and I've got some funky sunglasses on. Um, And this picture... Now, I know what you might all be thinking. Which supermodel did this girl grow up to be? You would all be wrong. This picture, it's not a model. This is me, age six. So, obviously, there are a number of changes that have happened in the time between the two pictures. Six-year-old me now has dark brown hair, which happens to be in a questionable haircut. I mean, really, look at that fringe. Um, You can also notice an absence of those really funky sunglasses. These changes were ones that I had no control over. Who would choose to get rid of those sunglasses? Changes come in many forms, including those that we can control and those that we can't. This picture, this was me a year and a half ago. And these pictures, um, that will come up shortly, are, are me this year. This change I did have control over, and I will say that this change is the best change I've ever made. Since joining the church, I've met a wonderful group of people and I've changed my outlook on what it means to have faith. In YF and Pathfinders, we've been focusing on change in terms of prayer, how we can make changes to how we pray, how change happens when we pray, and how prayer changes us. We chose this as the topic for tonight's sermon because we wanted to share with you, our church family, what we have been discussing in our youth groups. Firstly, we'll consider how prayer equals change when you begin and end with God. Often, people see prayer as a one-way conversation with God. You pray for something or someone, and God either answers or does not. In reality, though, prayer is not one-sided. It is just much easier to speak rather than to listen. The difficulty with the listening bit is knowing what you should be listening for. As Stephen said a few weeks ago, sometimes the questions stay the same, but the answers change. It's easy to ask for something in prayer and then sit and wait for it to happen and be disappointed if it doesn't go your way, or it goes your way one time, but not the next. But maybe God is replying in a different way. This is the hard part, as we have to recognize how he does this. For example, Simon was telling us in YF at about a time he prayed to be hired for a certain job, but he did not get that job. I imagine that he may have felt slightly disheartened, but maybe that was God's way of telling Simon there was a better job for him elsewhere, the job he has now. Simon was telling us that he really enjoys the job he has now. Here, God was not necessarily answering the way Simon had asked for, but was answering in a much better way, as his current job is something that he enjoys and loves, which may not have been the case with the job he did not get. Romans 11.36 says, For from him and through him and for him are all things. It does not say that all things are from him and through him and for him except prayer. If all things are from him, then the gift of prayer is from him. It starts from God, and whatever form the answer takes is from God. If all things are through him, this suggests that our prayers are heard by his ears and answered by him alone. If all things are for him, then our prayers should reflect this too. When Holly asked us if we always pray for what is on our hearts, many of us had answers along the lines of, sometimes I feel like I do not want to burden God with my small problems. Holly replied to this by saying to think of prayer as a conversation with a friend. I don't know about you, but I talk to my friends about my problems, no matter how small. So why should we not talk to God about the things that are on our hearts and minds? Talk to God as if you were catching up with a friend who you hadn't seen all day. I personally like the suggestion that Beth made in our small group at YF, that one way she has been taught to pray was a teaspoon teaspoon prayer. So your prayer should include a thank you, a sorry, and a please. 
This way of praying ensures that you do not only focus on what you want, but that you are able to thank God for what you have and to apologize for anything you have done wrong. John 3.17 says that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Prayer starts and ends with God as Jesus was among us on earth to hear our prayer, and now at the right hand of God, he intercedes for us. This also links back to all things being through God. Our prayers were heard by the Son and mediated through him to the Father. So our prayers should look less like this. They should look less like a transaction and more like this, a constant cycle beginning with God, passing through the Holy Spirit to us, then from us to Jesus and ending with God. So prayer equals change when you begin and end with God. We've explored the way that prayer equals change when you begin and end with God. Now we will discuss the way in which prayer equals change when you pray with God's own words. I don't know about you, but sometimes when we pray in groups, there are times when I put loads of pressure on myself to pray a good prayer. I'll have a great prayer in my head and I'll be ready to speak it out loud, but then a person who prays before me says everything that I wanted to, and then I lose my nerve because I can't think of a prayer that is as good as the last one I had in my head. But what constitutes a good prayer? And the answer to that question is there is no answer. Every prayer is a good prayer. There are some exceptions, though. Praying for bad things makes a bad prayer, but if you are praying with the right intentions, then every prayer will be a good one. It doesn't matter if you say the same things that someone else says. God will not love you any less if you pray for the same things, or any more if you say different things. It's not possible. It just means that you have the same things on your heart. However, if you are in that situation where you can't think of what to say, one option is to turn to the words that God uses in the Bible. This is reflected in many worship songs. For example, in This is Amazing Grace, there are the lyrics, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. In the Bible, in Revelation 5.12, it says, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. In Reckless Love, the lyrics in the chorus, He chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99, are in reference to the parable of the lost sheep in Luke 15, chapters 4 to 6, which say, Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. If we can sing these words in worship, why can't we say them in prayer? Now, I know those particular examples might be hard to work into a prayer, but there are some easier Bible verses that you could use to begin with. Joshua 1.9 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That verse will be the base of the prayer. For example, I might then pray using Joshua 1.9 by saying, Dear God, thank you so much for being with me wherever I go. I will use your words to remain strong and courageous. Please help me to not be discouraged and to remember that you are always with me. Amen. When you read the Bible, be active in collecting verses that you think that you can use in prayer. These will be different for everyone as everyone has different verses that apply to how they are feeling, either in that moment or verses that generally just speak to them more than others. For example, I drive past this sign outside St. John's Church in Guildford on my way to school every day. Before I became a Christian, those words from John 10.10, life in all its fullness, had a big part to play in my decision to come to church for the first time. The noun fullness in particular really spoke to me at a difficult time when I needed to be reminded of the fullness of life. Maybe this was an answer to a prayer I didn't even know I had prayed. You could say it was a sign from God. So at the end of my sermon, I will say a prayer using the words from the Bible verse that has the biggest influence on my life. So prayer equals change when you pray with God's own words.
Next, we will talk about how prayer equals change when you pray like Jesus prayed. Luke 5.16 is a verse that provides an insight into the way that Jesus prayed, as it says that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. By being alone, you are able to isolate yourself from anything that may distract you from what you are wanting to pray. Being alone also gives you an opportunity to pray privately to God about anything that you may not wish to share with a group. For me, my place to pray would be in my bedroom because I'm able to go in there, shut the door, and be in the quiet away from distractions. Whether this is staying away from the noises of cooking in the kitchen or the noise of a dog who keeps wagging his tail as loudly as possible against every piece of furniture, and most importantly, keeping me away from the food cupboard. This means that I'm able to focus on talking to God about what is on my heart rather than having my mind half on prayer and half on the surrounding noise. We should aim to pray like Jesus prayed because he is the perfect role model. We should aim to pray like Jesus prayed because he is our interceder. He knows what God wants to pray. He literally tells us before the Lord, Lord's Prayer in Luke 11:14, When you pray, say. He is telling us what we should pray, so we should take his example and adapt it for each prayer that we pray. You use the way that Jesus prayed as a template and build your, up your own prayer from that template. So prayer equals change when we pray how Jesus prayed. Finally, we will think about how prayer equals change when you pray for what matters most. The things that matter most are not always big things in our mind. For example, Jamie told us a story in YF about his friend who had cancer, and his one wish was to be able to eat fish and chips with his friends. Jamie was saying that his friend wasn't religious, but that him and a group of friends had asked him if it was okay that they prayed for him. He said it was fine, and every Sunday after church, Jamie and that group of friends met up and prayed for him. They kept praying week on week, and one day he joined them to eat fish and chips. Sadly, Jamie's friend died from his cancer, so although Jamie and his friends had not had their biggest prayer answered, their friend had been able to join them for fish and chips. This shows that the things that matter most are not necessarily the big things, but the small things. As I'm sure that he was blessed from the fish and chips he was able to eat with his friends. Therefore, the things that matter most may not necessarily be solving things like world peace and poverty, but may be looking at the things around you that matter the most to you specifically. For me, this may be my family, friends, and school. I could then think of two or three things that I would like to pray for about each of those three things. I might pray that my sister's university essays go well, or that my friend passes their driving test, or that my school continues to be a place that helps people to achieve their full potential. Therefore, when you think about what you want to pray for, First, think about what categories you want to include in your own prayer and decide what you would like to pray for in each of them. James 5, 13 to 16 says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with the oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. This passage highlights that we should not just be praying for ourselves, but for others too, through its repeat of each other. It tells us that prayer is powerful and it is effective. So why not pray for something that matters if your prayer will have power? Why not pray for something that matters if your prayer will have an effect? By praying for someone else, you are interceding for them, the way in which Jesus interceded for us. You are taking their problems or their joys and relating, relating them to God so that he can be at work in their lives. Therefore, prayer equals change when you pray for what matters most. Tonight we have looked at how prayer equals change when you begin and end with God, when you pray with God's own words, 
when you pray like Jesus did and when you pray for what matters most. After I've prayed using John 10, 1 to 15, you will have a reflective period in which Tabby and Flo will set you four challenges based on tonight's talk, as we believe it is really important to respond when God prompts us and when he speaks. We believe he always wants, to, he always wants us to speak. There is strength and power in prayer that can change the world. Now, let us pray using John 10, 1 to 15. Dear Lord, thank you so much for not being a stranger to us. Thank you for calling us by name and leading us in our daily lives. We thank you for the fact that you have gone ahead of us. We have put our trust in you, and with that we will follow on behind you. Please help us to always follow your voice and to not be led astray by the voice of a stranger. Please help us to go from here and experience the fullness of life. And thank you that you enabled us to do so by the laying down of your own life for ours. We will always know you, and we hope that you will always know us. In Jesus' name, amen.